0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Ruben the Cuban podcast as we talk about uh, commercial real estate and celebrate a little bit about life. And as usual, you know, I like to start off the podcast by talking about the cigar I have in my hand today. I have to uh, give a little shout out to Liodmila and Alejandro, good friends and colleague uh, from SVN. They gave me a birthday gift uh, a while back. Perdomo, the local cigars here in Miami, and I've been enjoying Today, I have the ESV Box Press Maduro that I uh, plan to be lighting up a little later today and I'll be uh, delicious. But they're local here. Again, not uh, endorsed by any cigar manufacturer or anything like that, but I'd just like to share some of the cigars that I enjoy. Um, I like to tar- start by talking a little bit about um, not just the commercial real estate. Everybody talks about the different buildings. We have the architects that build the buildings and we have you know, the carpenters and different people that are part of putting the buildings together, but probably the part that most of us get to enjoy is the interior of the building. Once we see the splendor and the beauty on the outside, we come inside and we have this experience. Um, Having been and having gone through uh, development projects myself, uh, I've I've sat with uh, several designers where a lot of times they'll take you through this journey of how do you feel and what, what you're envisioning as you put this project together? And then they bring their um, expertise to the table and try to develop an experience when you go into the building and into the space um, and to br- bring certain feelings and so forth. Have you ever walked into a hotel and certain aromas or certain colors make you feel very excited? Uh, it's different sounds and different textures and so forth. That's all brought to you by the designer. And a lot of people really don't know about uh about that world. So today with us we have Darcy Lawrence with fifteen oh eight London. Um she's running the um Miami and and beyond uh for this uh very high end um design group uh based out of London. So Darcy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you, Ruben. Good morning.
0: Uh good morning. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> And before we get started, you know, I know it was yesterday, but I just want to give you a little happy birthday cheer. Yeah, My sister always said that, you know, birthday is like the entire month, it's not just one day. But uh, so hopefully uh, you had a great day yesterday and um, I'm glad you're here to uh, share a little bit about your background, a little bit about design today and so forth.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. A birthday, a birthday week, maybe. I don't know about the whole (laughs) month, but (laughs) there is a celebration plan for a month from now. So I suppose. Well, there
0: you go. There you go. It's a birthday season. It's mm-hmm. always fun. It's always fun. So um, Darcy, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, Darcy's a uh, young Darcy's and coming into before uh, finding her, her, her niche in the world of, of design.
1: Thank you. Sure. Absolutely. So I, I grew up in Washington, D.C., nation's capital. Nice. And uh, my, my mother was, was a real estate agent and my father was a U.S. customs attorney. So I, I think you know having parents in those in those two uh, fields you know immediately drew me into you know uh, real estate building design and the the yearn to travel. Um, my father traveled a lot you know working mm-hmm. for the U.S. government and, and the customs department. So I think just from a very early age I always you know was quite quite curious, and uh, you know so as I mentioned growing up in Washington D.C. and. Um, I had a very hyperactive older brother and, uh, when we were, you know, still quite young kids, um, it was time to sort of move out of the city and needed a bit more space to, to run around. And, uh, we moved out, out to the country, um, in a beautiful little, um, village, if you will, called great falls, great falls, Virginia. Um, and that was where, um, you know, I really sort of, I think remember most of my, my childhood, and uh, we, uh, you know, the the saying that people say, uh, "Why'd you leave the door open? What were you born in a barn?" <laughs> uh, and in fact, I, I did grow up in a barn oh, wow. in Virginia. Uh, my parents had bought this dairy barn. Um, oh. Actually, the year the year I was born, mm-hmm. which, if you count from yesterday, was. Quite a while ago oh, now uh, yes. <laughs> but they had bought this dairy barn in in Great Falls Virginia down this mm-hmm. you know beautiful little lane um you know quite quite undeveloped, but there was a there was a neighborhood there but there mm-hmm. was this beautiful barn that sort of sat in the middle of this you know very hilly neighborhood where they had started to build you know you know new build new construction homes but there was this barn that needed to be Completely reimagined. So, as I said, no plumbing, no electric. This was a working dairy barn. There was a there was a silo. There was a big, you know, uh, open. Um, you know, you've got obviously the the natural forms of what you see, you know, in in a in a barn. Um, so we we took that and made it multi level, um, and and completely built this barn into into a home. Wow. So. Uh, yeah, it was a, really one experience. Quite, quite the project. And I was, I was young at the time. I mean, I was, I was about five years old. But I remember, I remember the drawings. I remember, you know, searching for, uh, you know, wood beams to to be repurposed to help, you know, build to to use to build the stairs. And there was sort of a grand stair that came in. Um, at sort of what we was the formal front front door that went up to what we turned into the second uh, the second story of the home it was sort of an upside down house so all of the bedrooms were downstairs all the bedrooms and the main sort of living and family room areas were were on the first level on the Mm -hmm. ground level and then upstairs was the kitchen the great room the entertaining spaces the dining area Um, there was a deck that was built off of the second story kitchen that overlooked the pool so we always sort of joked that the house was upside down. Um, so I yeah, grew up in a barn and also <laughs> built oh, wow. upside down. Um, so it was it, it was sort of you know like my, to be my first project to sort of be uh, you know I was I was site supervision right <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, you know telling all all the foreman what to do. Um, so I, I think really from that very early age and that experience and seeing, you know, seeing my parents and and going with them to uh whether it was going with my, my mother to the the fabric store to you know help her pick out uh you know whatever we're gonna use to to cover her favorite antique chairs that she found at a flea market or you know going with my father to to pick out you know the fixtures and finding antique clawfoot tubs and stained glass pieces that were used um to create these you know beautiful sort of um partitions uh throughout throughout the barn wow. uh, was was something that really it really drew me in and I think I just it just became a part of me, mm-hmm. um, and and had been really sort of at the at the top of my mind for for something that I always wanted to make sure was was part of my life, either you know as a hobby or or as a career.
0: So were you always kind of rearranging your bedroom? Always, you know, <laughs> all the time,
1: all the time and i always and i actually have have a, a close girlfriend that i that i grew up with um who who's my oldest dearest friend and it was actually her birthday last week as well um and i was talking with her yesterday it's funny that we're that we're having this conversation this morning because we all she and i used to always draw neighborhoods mm-hmm. as well we used to always lay out neighborhoods so that was that was sort of you know master planning yeah. right and and you know really understanding where okay where my house was going to be where was her house going to be what's what's the yard going to look like draw the fence the trees you know all all the details that sort of come together in in a project so always wow. uh, always sort of had a so had a were, had a knack for that.
0: You were doing your projects even before you got to college or university <laughs> into the design industry. <laughs> You're already preparing the the paving the road there, if you will.
1: Yes, exactly. And always took advantage of you know the various school projects where you had to build a diorama as well. Always uh-huh. loved you know doing that and um, understanding you know where things should go in a room and and in a space. And you were sort of confined to to a shoebox, right? When you mm-hmm. would would build a diorama. So, so a
0: diorama. I'm say, well, why don't you explain mm. before I butcher it up? <laughs> a dioramas. It's, it's not a word you use every day.
1: Sure, sure. So we we used to have to build these dioramas where, and whether it was for for science or math or or a certain subject, history, I think social studies, mm-hmm. um, what they used to call it, um, you would get these assignments where you would have to to take a shoebox and build some sort of scene. You mm-hmm. know, whether it was you were sort of uh, and and you would take a shoebox and turn it, turn it on its turn it on its side. Um, or sometimes, you know, have to you would cut out the edges so that you could sort of had an opening that would, you know, you would have sort of a flange that would lay down on the table so that the whole thing could stand up, and and you either would have to find, you know, either figurines or use like certain materials from nature, whether it was, you know, little twigs or leaves or, um, you know, even maybe food. Sometimes mm-hmm. you might need some macaroni to make some gravel for the for the road <laughs> pavers, you know, macaroni <laughs> pavers. Uh so so whatever the subject may be it wasn't necessarily for you know an art or or a design class but it would be related to to a subject and that would be part of your part of your you know report and your final essay is that you would also have to submit this you know yeah. visual 3D you know a three-dimensional creation wow that uh, helped summarize your understanding of the subject again it could it could have yeah, been in a var- various different
0: You're taking me back to, like, classics. second grade. Yeah, I remember doing that's one about right. That was, um, like, a beach scene. I think we had to do something, like, where our parents came from or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up in the Midwest, and so the last thing you really saw was a beach. And uh, I think I tried to recreate Cuba, my beach from Cuba in second grade. So I had some gravel sand. My brother was really into, like, G.I. Joes, so I had the G.I. Joe little figures in the yeah, box. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so uh, interesting. Great, great. Sounds like it was like a magical place that you are growing up with, I think, or growing up in. So it kind of helps develop this uh, creative – it really fed into the creative side. Mm-hmm. Um, although I know design has both obviously logical and not just creative. And, you know, there's some people that are very, very creative. And then you have to have some balance. So from there, you know, mm-hmm. you find yourself going into college and then you, you always know you were going to be a designer or you go into that realm or
1: – Well, it's funny. I, I... – always had, was surrounded by, by lawyers. (laughs) So I, I had also this, I was itching to also really want to have a good understanding of, of the international business as well. So international business and and the real estate development aspect of it while sort of doing, uh, doing those things in, in a creative environment and in a creative industry. And so I knew that I was always going to be in, in the creative, you know, interior design architectural field mm-hmm. but but what hat i was going to wear was you know always sort of still to be seen so i think the the business the business hat um and you know like i said coming from a family of lawyers you know i i really wanted to make sure that i saw the the creative industry as a business because it mm-hmm. is it is a business right yep. and i found myself really wanting to kind of be on that on that side of the table within you know within a design firm um, and that's, uh, sort of what, what brought me to where I am today, um, in terms of, you know, the role that I have within 1508 London, which was, um, to return back to the U S, uh, because the previous seven years I've been living, uh, with my family in Dubai. Oh, um, yeah. So Exciting. W- which, which was an interesting chapter of, uh, <laughs> of our life path. Uh, but, uh, and I was, and I was holding the same. You know, in the same sort of capacity and role that um, uh, I, I had in Dubai is is what I'm doing now, which is growing, growing a business. Uh-huh. Um, and as as you've shared, our firm is based in in London, where we were originally formed about 13 years ago, uh, and that was to uh, service clients high end private clients generally in their um, beautiful homes in in central London so in one of the world's most prime real estate markets mm-hmm. um, designing these beautiful homes for for private clients but that that grew uh, when clients nice. saw that you know we really had an interest to to help service them in, in other parts of the world you know London being an incredibly global and international hub for for um, uh, Travelers, business people, and and private homeowners from all over the world. It then took us to places like, you know, like Dubai and and in the Middle East, uh, Qatar and 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 Kuwait and the whole Gulf region, and then even further east, going going to places like Hong Kong and Singapore, and so the company has now really grown. Um, not only doing private client um, properties, but um, multi-unit residential developments, um, what we would refer to here as, you know, condominiums, uh, mm-hmm. condominium projects, as well as hospitality, food and beverage, spa, wellness. Uh, which is a whole other world of you know w- design, um, and what you can you know really do with those projects is is something very different. Yeah. However, we we always draw back from our experience in private residential design into these various different sectors because the the at the core of our of our thought process is understanding how people live, mm-hmm. and and that's you know yes primarily has been a very specific subset of of population, just given the clients that we've been so fortunate to work with, but, but understanding how those people live in their various different properties around the world, whether it's a, a, a -a pied-a-terre in, in, um, Beverly Hills, uh, where we've just launched a project there, uh, the Mandarin Oriental Residences in Beverly Hills, uh, to to a penthouse overlooking the Burj al-Arab in, in Dubai. Wow. So it's it's taking our knowledge of designing for those types of spaces and clients, and how do we apply that in in a hospitality project as well, mm-hmm. you know, such as a, a Six Senses resort in Napa Valley that we're currently working on with the... Uh, development group um, actually based out of not too far from DC based out of Maryland. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's taking our knowledge and in those various different parts of the world and in those different types of projects and applying it to these global destinations where they're going to want to draw in travelers and, and a very, a very discerning guest um, into their, into their hotels. So we now also, you know, we cover all of those, all of those sectors.
0: Well, great, great. Now, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to pivot back just a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's great. I'm glad you you know kind of put that uh groundwork, or you know just kind of give us a background. Um, and, But kind of take us a little bit about: Did you actually you know were you drawing on the drawing table, or putting the you know the the interior parts, and then getting into uh maybe some of your most memorable projects, or something like that that you that you're you know part of, or working with, or or supervising, or leading up, or something like that. So kind of because I. I, for me personally, on as a broker and working in development stuff, the first time I went through the, the design prop process, I guess I, somebody I remember in Chicago, having somebody a designer walk in with these boards, and it was like five guys at a table, and we were all like, "What?" And she's pulling out these colors and pulling out different names and pictures, and and we had to write stuff. It was very much about a feeling, and we're very logic driven, you know, numbers and hey, what makes sense. So for me, that was a very brand new experience. And I think that's something that not a lot of people realize that there's that part of real estate. And then, as you said, combining it with the business side. So if you could take us a little bit through that process, I guess, the design process and then into one of your favorite mm-hmm. memorable projects, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. You know when I when I was you know pivoting back uh, and, and going into university and thinking okay where where am I going to where am I going to end up and um, I, what I wanted to do was really you know garner some basic knowledge and sort of fundamental um, interior design uh, principles and and really kind of having that in my in my kit of parts but knowing after the first year of studying that. I really wanted to delve more into the real estate and the international business and the the marketing of these of these projects Mm -hmm. and of what you can do uh, with design and and the knowledge of design. So when I graduated Florida State, um, go Uh, (laughs) Knowles, when I graduated uh, school from Florida State, I went to to work for my first in my first design role, um, which was actually for a custom home builder. Uh, and that was in uh, in good old Tampa, Florida. so i spent I spent a year doing that, you know again, really exercising what I learned um, in in those you know initial years of of university. Um, and I'm used to calling it university. it's also college. Um, no, same <laughs> same. so, <it's>, same. <laughs> uh, so I, I spent the first year doing that and and really saw i I, I wanted to kind of peek behind the curtain a bit further. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so off I was. Off I went to to New York City, uh, and that's where I really fell into sort of different pockets of of the business um, and of the industry. And uh, so it was there that I was working on the on the product and, and manufacturing side. So I really wanted to see how designers used. The various different materials, and and to be sort of a purveyor of of those materials, mm-hmm. um, and to really kind of be able to learn and work with various different design firms, to then be able to kind of pivot and and come on the other side of the table, and eventually end up you know in 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 a firm like the one I'm you know yeah. um, so happy to be uh, to be representing now, and that's and that's of course fifteen oh eight London. But I really wanted to get that experience and and sort of get. You know this whole sort of tapestry of uh, different experiences and how different how different design firms work. You know because the, the they're not all they're not all created equal and they don't right. all work the same. Um, so yes, at the end of the day, there's a process uh, which we'll talk about. Um, you know the design process, starting from from you know a to to z and putting on those those very finishing touches. And um, I, I think you know what was so memorable about, about my career was then having the opportunity to go to Dubai. Um, yeah. and when I was approached by then a, a client at the time, um, to go and set up again, the business, it was a business opportunity. Um, again, combining that with the, uh, you know, the, the, the field of interior design and, and how, how this all sort of fuses together, right. And to be involved in some of the most Extreme and and monumental projects around the world that everybody's right. sort of all eyes on Dubai right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to say yes. Uh, so when I was given that opportunity to go and and, and set up a um, growing uh, to grow an office, it was the office was was set up initially, but it was there to go there and help grow the business and and really sort of see a new market. Uh, for a firm that was based in the U.S. and and to really open up the the horizons, if you will, um, I, I took that challenge and and went and did that for for seven years. And I think what I learned most from that experience was that you know the world really sees you know us as uh, us as Americans because that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's where we are and that's and that's you know who I am. Um, you know, really sees us with with a rather specific lens. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a really interesting experience to to go there and to sort of help, you know in in a very small way, um, educate others about you know what you know why we are, you know um, being put in these in these positions around the world and and what we can bring to the table. And I think us, you know, having a multicultural um company such as 1508 London and now having brought a British uh this is a British brand that's now come into the US mm-hmm. it's it, it it's kind of giving it a whole different twist um and and me sort of returning back home um to now do a similar you know a similar exercise but but do that here in what's you know considered the most mature market in the world um and you know the biggest economy in the world has been has been a really um refreshing experience, I should mm-hmm. say, um, because, you know, having gone and spent the time I did in Dubai where things are done in a very specific way, there's obviously cultural nuances that you need to be aware of, um, you know, all the different types of people that you're going to come across, the different, you know, the different behaviors, the different languages, the different way to, you know, conduct and do business, um, and that all sort of coming in and, and, you know, into a melting pot, if you will, um, was just an immense you know, journey, uh, um, you know, for me as, you know, as an individual and as a, as a, as a woman and business, I mean, that's one of the first questions people always ask was how, how was it living there and how was it working there? Mm -hmm. And, um, I I can't, I can't say enough, you know, good things about it and you know, how, how much that's now shaped me in, in how I, you know, conduct business. That's good Um, to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. So, that, that I think, does help inform how we approach projects, how we approach clients, you know, because we have this very collected, you know, view from around the world and in the various different parts of the world. But at the end of the day, the design process is essentially down to a very similar thread that you sort of, you know – use and, and, and weave throughout the entire process of design and every client is a little bit different. And sometimes we, you know, adjust our process to work with the client, but at the end of the day, there's, you know, a, a pretty common theme that mm-hmm. clients have a dream, a goal, a vision. They share that with you at the very beginning and, you know, between our different design teams that we assemble and, and sort of hand pick, Per project, based on the client, the location, the type of project, um, the brand. If we're working with a hospitality brand, we we hand select a, de- a team of designers within our studios mm-hmm. to lead the project from a creative point of view all the way down to, you know, final documentation and and delivery. And of course the, you know, all the final finishing touches. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll leave champagne in the fridge if that's, yeah (laughs) if that's how far the client (laughs) wants us to to take it. So. Nice.
0: Well, that's, that's very interesting. So along with that, is there any one particular kind of project? I mean, Dubai is a, as a sounds like an amazing experience and I'm not sure if you had something that was, Uh, very unique to Dubai or very unique to the world or just unique to your, your history, your, you know, something that stands out as a project in in your, in your career thus far.
1: Yeah. I mean, there were some pretty significant projects going on in Dubai uh, during the time that I was there, which was from 2014 to 2021. And it was amazing to really be part of, you know, the, the development of, of, of a city like that. But I think I'll I'll fast forward it to a project I think here, um, mm-hmm. right right here in our own in our own backyard, uh, which has really been our our flagship project, if you will, um, in establishing our business, you know, here in in the U.S. Uh, and, and in the North American market, mm-hmm. um, and that's the Cipriani Residences in Miami, uh, which was a project that that really um, how how it came about was really quite. Serendipitous, if you will, um, because we the the stars really align for us to be part become partners and and collaborators with with our client on that project, uh, which is uh, Mast Capital, who have been an absolute pleasure and delight to to work with, um, and us having some sort of past history without without knowing it until we until we came to the table, which was really great. Um, and then you have a brand like Cipriani as a hospitality brand uh, well known for their for their restaurants and their you know history in um, these incredible event venues that they have um, a handful of in, in New York and around the world and applying that us having the opportunity to be the designers to apply such a storied brand to a building. And what that process has been like uh, for for the team has been incredible to witness because it's really opened our eyes and I think opened their eyes to the the types of possibilities that you can have in a project like this. So I think it's been an incredibly exciting, you know, like I said, flagship project for Mm -hmm. us here in Miami uh, it's right. It's a. This is an 80-story tower in in the heart of Brickell, wow. uh, which you know is being seen as you know the Wall Street of the South, uh, yeah. right? Um, I think is the new name that it's been dubbed. So, being able to witness that process and for them to really embrace our our relationship and and this as a true collaboration and feeling very proud. I mean, everyone is incredibly proud to to be associated you know, with, with the project, with the brand, with the developer, <laughs> with the site and, and, and with us, I mean, they've been, they've been absolutely wonderful partners uh, to, to us. And it's been a great, uh, that, that for nice. me has been an incredible sort of launch uh, for us. That's great. That's here are on, great. Uh, you know, on the East coast and, and in Miami specifically.
0: Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. Um, and, you know, as we start wrapping up, there's, I always like saying, Hey, there's a couple little nuggets of information or, or uh, things. There's one in particular that uh, you said a little earlier and kind of ties into the project you were just talking about a little bit. You went to Dubai and in Dubai you found that they had a certain image or thought process of America or Mm -hmm. Americans and then now you're bringing you know London to Miami which I would say is probably one of the most international cities here in the U.S. Uh, New York, Chicago, LA, I know we all have a lot of diversity, but I would say, all, and, and very obviously strong on the Latin American side here to Miami, but there's people from all over the world here and there's people looking at Miami from all over the world. Um, so bring it in a firm. So this, this ties of international flavors, let's call it all kind of coming into the melting pot that we have here. Um, and your drive for that international, because it sounds like from a young child, you know, with your father traveling and so forth, you had that passion to travel. And when you do that, because that's one of the things I love. I love traveling internationally and domestically, obviously, but it's, there's something about you you pick up in different cultures and you always grow in a certain different way um, and so forth. So um, I guess, I guess the, the, the question would be is like, you know, how do you feel about you know, putting all those pieces together when you're looking at a, such a global flavor. Cause like you have different, different aspects of pieces and now you're bringing it back here. So you've, you've, um, you've uh, been able to put together a, a, an incredible history. And I would say playbook, if you will, mm-hmm. of different, different cultures that, that, has, that, that affect you in one way. So how do you feel about, you know, putting all that together and working here in Miami now?
1: Yeah, I think when when we were sort of scratching our heads and and looking at, you know, the 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 canvas that is America and and where to set up our business, the idea of coming to Miami, it just it just felt right. And with obviously the immense opportunity that's happening here now. But what we've found with our, our clients and and be it the local market or even the regional market, the Southeast, I mean we're we're working all over the country. And for them to sort of receive us, uh, if you will, um, and and be open to working with a design firm based in Miami to design a, uh, you know, this like I mentioned, the very remote resort up in Napa Valley or a beautiful luxury um, residential development in New York City. Um, everyone has been immensely receptive to to our view on positioning ourselves from a place like Miami um, and, and to then eventually choosing Miami, because we do, we see it as this incredible, um, you know, I guess I said melting pot before, but I'll, I'll say it again, because it just sort of works as this melting pot of these cultures. And, and it, it is sort of all eyes on on Miami these days, and for for the right reasons. And I think the city has a, a lot to offer. But I think one thing that the clients have have been telling us is how happy they are to see an international design firm like us planting roots in Miami mm. and for us to sort of put our trust and um, and to sort of see um, you know see the vision and sort of be part of that and be a partner you know for for the city essentially and and for the developers here and to be able to sort of locally you know service them on a local. Basis and to be very accessible for our clients. I mean, it's one thing to be able to do projects, and we're doing a, a villa in Iceland, for example, nice. or or a you know a penthouse for for a repeat client uh, in in Athens or in you know the south of France. But to also be very accessible to our clients, and with the amount of of development and the different projects happening here in Miami, it's great to be able to to do projects in you know as I say in our backyard. And there, I think, was a real. Um, you know, yearn for again the local developers that are based here, and even the developers outside of Miami who are doing their projects here as well, to have a designer uh, of 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 our caliber, and and we know we're not the we're not the only game in town, right? Um, but to to be able to offer that to clients, I think has been you know a really exciting. Uh, venture for us. And and there are, you know, of course, other markets you sort of automatically think of, you know, for a firm like ours that, of course, crossed our minds, you know, New York City, LA, San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chicago. Um, but uh, it, it just it just felt right. And there's just this sort of continuity um, and consistency in the cities where we decide to um, open our studios So to go from London to Dubai to Singapore to Miami, uh, it just felt right. Um, And then you springboard from Miami and go down to Sao Paulo, uh, which Uh. is where we also have our our newest – our newest office as well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. So nice. Covering covering more uh, <laughs> more continents <laughs> and time zones um, as as time goes on. But you know, there's there is there's a real consistency and a real tie. And uh, you know, back to your question about you know, sort of the cultures and what we can all bring together. One thing we do and, and how we sort of see ourselves is we're one office with five locations. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot of cross pollination. There's a lot of you know intercompany. Uh, you know project collaborations where we bring in experts from you know our certain offices that might have um, you know an incredible f and b food and beverage design mm-hmm. uh, in their in their repertoire and and sort of coupling that with our you know our our designer who's most known for their experience in wellness right and applying that those things to you know, those kind of two aspects really work well together for, a, say, a private members club that's going to have, you know, spa and multiple dining venues and things of this nature. So it's really about taking our cultural backgrounds, taking our different designers dotted all around the world who come from all different parts of the world, and it creates this really incredible tapestry uh, of, of different people. And, and you know, we, re- we really – you know, take pride in that, and that's really our 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 USP. And having um, designers of, of different backgrounds uh, seeing things in in their very specific lens and applying that to to a project, and and we hope that that you know inspires our our clients uh, to to sort of see see their see their vision in, in a new way, and to help you know um, and to help the process. We're we're all about collaboration. We want them to be part of the process because at the end of the day, it is. It is their project, uh, and and we're the ones here to help you know create, visualize it, and and realize it for them.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, with those words, I think um, you've given us a lot of uh, things to think about to be inspired. I, I like the uh, your 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 line one office, no one mm-hmm. one office with five locations. Mm-hmm. That's it. I like that because it's like you said, darted around the world. Because it definitely feeds into that. So that's beautiful. So Darcy. Lawrence with 1508 London. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you for the inspiring words. And hopefully um, uh, it definitely paints a beautiful picture of Hey, dream big. You know, you grew up traveling, you wanted to, you knew from early on that you liked the design and real estate and now you're able to uh, have your fingers on projects all around the world with this uh, firm. So congratulations on that. I look forward to seeing what uh, other projects come in the horizon uh, from 1508 London. And um, what other um, uh, things maybe we could collaborate with? Uh, hopefully, in, in in the future. With pleasure, right?
1: with pleasure. Thank, thank you, Ruben the Cuban, for having me.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, uh, thank you very much. Uh, remember to um, um, share this with uh, your friends and family. Uh, you can find the podcast on uh, anywhere you uh, like to download podcasts: uh, Spotify and Apple, and so forth. And um, also please consider uh, supporting a little uh, not-for-profit that I work with here in Miami called Christina's Academy. Feel free to reach out if you have any more questions about it. Thank you very much. Until next time.